0: Why did God use such a humble bush in this story? The Hebrew word translated bush is seneh. It's used six times in the Hebrew Bible. Five of them are in this particular story. Seneh is from a root word that means to prick. And it can be translated bush, bramble, or thorny bush. Some commentators liken the bush in the desert to the prickliness of a blackberry bush. If you've ever picked, picked <laughs> I can't even talk straight. If you've ever picked blackberries, well, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody online, raise your hand if you pick blackberries. Or in here in the room, a lot of you. I think everybody in the room has picked them. You got to wear long sleeves. You got to wear long pants. You've got to have some good gloves, and you still get sticked with those prickly thorns. The picture here of this bush in Exodus 3 is a wiry, desert, shrub-like tree that would draw blood if you touched it. Why didn't God call Moses from a large oak tree instead or a poplar After all, shouldn't the call of the one who would lead the people of God out of bondage into the promised land have a large stately tree speak, or God would speak through that, rather than a wiry desert shrub tree? The picture of God speaking from a lowly bush, however, reminds us of a father who would step down and... Get to the level of his children and talk to them. The following slides are some artistic renderings of this scene. Perhaps they can help us imagine what Moses might have seen and experienced that day. The first is a fresco of Moses that dates to about 244 years in the common era. That's after Jesus lived. It was found in an ancient synagogue in Syria. And you can see the man depicted as Moses there next to this wiry tree. I like this next one. It's it's very creative. And it's done by a contemporary artist named Annette Fort in Maryland. She was inspired to paint this image of the burning bush after she traveled to Ghana, Africa. Another one's really neat. It's a very creative way to express the burning bush. It's an artist named Joe Schumacher, and he actually took leaves from a plant that's called the burning bush. The Latin is unanimous alatus, but it's translated burning bush. So the photographer took leaves from a burning bush tree and assembled them in this shape of a shrub or a small tree photograph them for us to see the burning bush tree still it grows all over its native is russia japan china and korea and it has it's known for its fiery red foliage and color some christians have adopted this in their logo i think some presbyterian churches actually use it And it's a way to describe their, their call to ministry and the Holy Spirit at work. And the last one, I think this is really cool. This photo was created by long photographic exposure of someone who released sparks from around a tree. This tree was not harmed in any way, but you can see it's quite dramatic and captivating it reminds me of something that you'd see on the 4th of July. What we find intriguing as Moses hears from God and sees this bush on fire is that he had to turn aside to check it out. He turned aside and paid attention to it. The site was a bush burning, and honestly, it was not uncommon for something like that to happen in the desert. There were, commentators say that there were desert trees and shrubs that actually spontaneously would combust in the desert. But it was nothing like that. It was not an accident. It was God who caused this to happen, and God spoke to Moses through this burning bush. Moses saw it and turned aside. He paid attention to it. What if Moses was on his phone, had his head down, and was just locked into it and didn't pay attention to what was happening? Or what if he was too busy at work tending the sheep, and if he, paid a, if he turned too long, the, the sheep could get away? Sometimes I, I will say I, sometimes we are so busy that we see a burning bush and we don't pay a bit of attention to it. Oh, someone else will take care of it. It'll go out on its own. But God is desperately trying to get our attention, and we don't stop long enough to listen. Churches get like this too. We get so busy and locked into our programming and our administration and keeping everything going along and being busy, 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 that God places a burning bush in our path, and we go right by it. I've got to teach, I've got to plan and prepare, I've got a meeting to do. So church, how often is God speaking to us through the simple and mundane and we go right by? There's a lesson for us in this story. If trees could just talk, some of them would say Bob was so busy he walked right by, he didn't even look up to see what was going on. He didn't see the birds perching on my branches, building their nests and singing their songs. The trees might say the people have plenty of time to be still and listen if they but they just rush about and miss out on the opportunity to look up and see the light to drink in the depth of the living water to bear fruit and to think long term about the future, so, like Moses, I hope that you and I will take time to turn aside to see the work that God is doing and to hear the voice of God speak to us. It reminds me of what the psalmist says, Be still and know that I am God. Boy, that is a lesson for me. The writer of Psalm number one, which is our sermon text for next Sunday, Pastor Jim will be preaching from that text, says this, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season. Their leaves do not wither, and all they do, they prosper. I want to be that person like a tree on the branches of a river taking in the living water of the, God, of the word of God. God often uses trees, as we said last Sunday, in his calling of people. In Scripture, God called Gideon from under an oak tree. God called Nathanael, who was under a fig tree, Jesus in that calling. And it was Zacchaeus who was up in a sycamore fig tree who heard Jesus tell him to come down. God spoke through and in trees. Think about others in history who experienced God in or under a tree. Joan of Arc, the secondary patron of France, heard God speak to her when she was in her dad's garden. Augustine spoke of hearing the voice of a child while sitting under a fig tree. And Martin Luther, the great reformer, met God when Luther sought shelter under a tree during a violent thunderstorm. And God still uses trees when he calls his disciples. Many people have expressed hearing a call to ministry while sitting under, near, or in a tree. There's something sacred about it. There's something holy about it. Makes us want to take off our sandals and go barefoot in the grass around those trees. Let's take a few steps with Moses as he finally agreed to obey God and lead the Hebrews out of Egypt. Listen to the references of trees in the stories. In the Passover, God instructed the Hebrews to do on that first Passover to kill a lamb and to dip the branches of hyssop trees in the blood and use the hyssop trees' green leaves to seal the house's wooden door and lock out the angel of death. On that Passover night, the people made a procession out of Egypt. And at the Red Sea, God gave Moses a wooden staff, part of a tree. Moses and the people approached the Red Sea with Pharaoh and his armies fast approaching. And Moses lifted his staff above the sea and the waters parted. The tribes of Israel walked across on dry ground. When Moses and the people were in the wilderness for three days without water, they grumbled to Moses. They were thirsty. They were they said, we're dying of thirst. They found water, but it was bitter and not drinkable. And the Lord instructed Moses to throw a log into the water, and the water became sweet, and they could drink it. And later they were about to die of thirst again, uh, the recurring theme of complaining. And God struck, instructed Moses to take His staff and strike the rock and water would come out. Sure enough, it did, and the people drank. And it wasn't anything magic about these trees or parts of trees, but God used them to show His power and His glory. The story of God's call of Moses and Moses' ministry were inextricably linked to trees. Whether a burning bush was not consumed, Hyssop branches, a log in the water, or a wooden staff. God used these elements of creation to do his work and his will. God used the ordinary to speak to Moses. An ordinary shrub, not a poplar or an oak like we'd expect. A simple, burning, prickly bramble bush. God used ordinary time to speak to Moses. He was at work. How often are we at work and God could speak to us, but we get so busy we don't pay attention to him? God used an ordinary man, Moses. In fact, a fugitive, a murderer, one who had fled and was now 80 years old. God used this ordinary man to do extraordinary things for God. And God used an ordinary place to speak to Moses. It was the edge of the desert. And it became holy ground. Take your shoes off, Moses. The question is whether we will slow down enough to see God, to listen to God, to experience God, to hear God's voice speak to us in the ordinary of life, and it be transformed to holy ground and whether we will stop second-guessing God's call to imperfect people like us and start allowing God to work in and through us. Max Locato writes, the key, the key question in life is not how strong am I, but rather how strong is God. The focus is on his strength, not ours. That's what Moses did, or at least what God told Moses to do. We discover, says Lucato, that God spent no time trying to convince Moses what Moses could do, but God spent much time explaining to Moses what God could do. And Jesus said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. Let it be. Let us pray.